Hi there. Welcome to C3 Church Hong Kong Podcast. We are praying that this message will bless you and help you live your best life. For more information about us, check out our website, c3church.hk. Enjoy the message and God bless. Hey, who loved the, the, the series on the high priest? What an amazing series. You know, there's a, in, in, in our car, we'll have these, some teaching tapes and it's just on Joseph Prince and he's teaching on that right now. So it's a good opportunity to see if I was right or wrong. <laughs> no, it's all good. And, uh, but you know, when we look and behold Jesus, and we see Jesus as our great high priest, it reminds you that he is now representing you in heaven. Amen? A little bit like what Pastor Joseph Prince was saying. Jesus, he bore upon himself all of your sin. And now when God looks at you, guess who he looks at you through? He looks at you through the lens of Jesus. <laughs> Amen? Hey, church, we're going to do something very special today. As you can see, there we go. We're going to, I want to speak a little bit to you about your victory in Christ Jesus. Do you know you are victorious when you have received Christ into your life? You're victorious. And uh, the, I, I want to show you something so powerful and how you live out of this victory in Christ Jesus. And uh, it comes through your righteousness in Christ Jesus. Your righteousness in Christ reveals your victory. It's what causes you to be victorious in Christ Jesus. Do you know righteousness is the, the central theme of the book of Romans? You can go through many of the, the books of the Bible, and they have these central themes. Ephesians, for example, your, the, the, the theme of Ephesians is your wealth in Christ, your riches in Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says, We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3 talks all about, can we turn the air conditioning off? It talks all about your position in Christ and your possessions in Christ. And then you go into chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6, and it tells you how you walk out of that position, how you walk in your possessions that you have in Christ Jesus. And the book of Romans is very similar. It, it describes to you your righteousness in Christ. That's your position in Christ and how you walk in all of the possessions that you have, including this victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen? Romans 5.17 says, Through the abundant grace of God. And this gift of righteousness, we reign in life. The word reign there, it's the Greek word basileo, which means to rule, to, to live like a king, to be victorious. That's, and you reign, you live like a king, you live in victory, in victory you, you rule in life through this righteousness that you have received through Christ Jesus. Amen? So, so righteousness is your identity in Christ Jesus. It's what produces and enables you to live victoriously for Christ. Specifically, it's your revelation of righteousness. You can, know, you can have some head knowledge. Yeah, I went to school and I learned a whole heap of things, but I can't remember one thing about any of them now. <laughs> because I just memorized them to pass an exam. But then that's it. But you see, you can't do that with the Scriptures. You start doing that with the Scriptures, it will not help you at all. So when it comes to righteousness, you want to get a revelation, not just up here in your head, where it's head knowledge, but you're hearing it, you're seeing it, and you're understanding it down here in your heart. It's heart believing, not just head knowing, amen? Look at what Scripture says about you. In, we're going to spend most of our time in, in uh, Romans today. It says in Romans 8, verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? You know the word who there? In the Greek, it is either who or what. 
If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, what can be against us? You might come under attack from a person. If God is for us, hey, that person, doesn't matter what they try to do, what they try to say against you. If God is for you, who has the audacity to come against a child of God? If God is for us, what? can come against you. No pandemic, no economic downturn, no nothing. You, don't, you see what the, what the Lord is revealing to you in scriptures? God is for you when you are in Christ Jesus. It says in Romans 8 verse 37, no, say no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I like it in the New Living Translation because this is the holding screen scripture that we have. It says, no, in all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. We have overwhelming victory in Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen? Amen. Now, Romans chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8 it, Paul spells out this victory that we have in Christ Jesus. In Romans 6, he talks about we have victory over sin. In chapter 7, he says we have victory over the law and religious legalism. And in chapter 8, he says we have victory over condemnation and the flesh. Amen? And in this message, my focus is going to be on chapter 8, more towards the back end of the message. But what I want to do is just a little bit of teaching for it first. I want to do a little bit of a walkthrough of, of Romans from chapter 1 all the way through to chapter 8. Very high level. It's like we're in a helicopter ride today. Not going to go deep down into the scripture. We're going to helicopter up and have this overview. It's good to have the overview. When you have the overview, you start to understand the context for when you begin to drill down. But I, I need you to do one thing for me. I need you to switch on your listener. I need you to switch on your listener. Your hearing, your listening. Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. And we all have two ears. But, but what Jesus is talking about, not those two things on the side of your head. He's talking about the ears of your heart. He wants you to hear something. If you're watching online today, welcome. It's good to have you with us. I want you to switch on your listener. I want you to hear. Because if you listen carefully and you, just, you hear what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you about who you are in Christ and this victory that you have in Christ, it's going to set you free, my friend. You'll start walking. You're going to learn how to walk in this victory. So I'm going to do a little walkthrough. I'm going to do a little bit of teaching first. And then at the end, we're going to show you a powerful illustration. Illustrations like they just makes it so easy. You know, I could be next door, and I could teach this to the kids, and they would get it. And they'd say, oh, Pastor Wayne, thank you. <laughs> but but, the, the, it's, and, but you're going you're gonna to see it, and you're going to get it. Amen? It's really going to bless you. Now, let's start with Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. In those first three chapters of the book of Romans, that's where the gospel, the, the gospel of Jesus, it is revealed as the righteousness of God. That's what the first three chapters are talking about. The Apostle Paul, he reveals man's need for righteousness and how God supplies or provides this righteousness. It says in Romans 1, verse 16 and 17, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul is not ashamed because it's not going to fail him. It's not going to let him down. It's not going to embarrass him. It is going to accomplish exactly what that gospel says it will accomplish. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Why? Look, because it is the power. Say power. In the Greek, it's the word dunamis, 
where we get our word dynamite from. It is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation, in the Greek, it's the word soteria. In the Hebrew, it's the word Yeshua, which is the name of Jesus. The word soteria there, it means preservation, it means wellness, it means wholeness, it means health and wealth. It is such an all-encompassing word. But it, it's the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. Prayer is so important, my friend, but it is the gospel, which is the power of God. It, the gospel is the power of God unto healing. The gospel is the power of God unto wealth. The gospel is the power of God unto preservation, protection. The gospel is the power of of God unto salvation. It's not just eternal life. It's all these other things that you need right in the here and now. Can someone say amen? Thank you. And he goes on to say, it says, first for the Greek, I mean, first for the Jew, and first for the Greek. If I was in Australia, I'd say first for the Kiwi and then for the Aussie. <laughs> or is it the other way around? Okay, okay, thank you. Got a, got a Kiwi. We have a few Kiwis in our church. Welcome if you're from New Zealand and watching online. It's good to have you with us. We love you. Verse 17, for therein, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Look, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. There, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The gospel reveals the righteousness of God. That's what Paul is saying. From faith to faith. From the faith of the Jew to the faith of the Gentile. Amen? For the just shall live by faith. Can someone say amen? You know, when we break those first three chapters down, chapter one talks all about the, the Gentiles need the righteousness of God. Romans 1.20. I don't think this comes up on the screen, but in Romans 1.20, it talks about how everyone deep down has this knowing that there is a God. And it says there in the book of Romans about creation displays the existence of God. So everyone deep down has this innate knowing. But so many people just ignore it and block it out. And they don't want to believe it. They would prefer to believe. And it says in, in Romans chapter 1, verses 21, 22, 23, 24, it says, no, they would prefer to believe their own philosophies and their own belief systems, their own philosophies of evolution, and their own philosophies about how we came to be, and the, their own philosophies about what, what they want to believe. And, 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 and they, they prefer to go and make their own idols and worship their own idols. And they prefer to live by the lusts of their flesh. So the Gentiles have this need for righteousness, but they prefer to just go and make up all their own things and live by their own ways. And then it says in Romans chapter 2 how the Jews have this need for righteousness. And, and the Jews, they were very... They were very proud that God chose them, and he gave them their law. And the Jews, it says in chapter 2, how they make their boast in the law. But Paul says, but you guys can't even keep the law, and thereby you're dishonoring your God. And then it says in chapter 3 how the whole world, everyone needs this righteousness of God. And it says in verses three, chapter 3, verse 9, For we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. And then it goes on to say in Romans 3, verse 22 and 23, There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we see in these first three chapters how Paul paints this picture of humanity's need for righteousness. And then you see in the background, God is the one who is going to provide or has provided this righteousness. He's provided it through his son, Christ Jesus. Amen? 
But then Paul goes on to chapter 4, and he reveals how you walk and live out of this righteousness. It's all by faith. Amen? Chapter 4 continues on with this theme. Man needs righteousness. God's the one who provides it. But you don't possess this righteousness through your own works, through your own effort, through your own obedience, through your own abilities, through your own anything. It is a gift that you receive. This righteousness, it is received by faith. In fact, in chapter 4, Paul talks about two key people. He talks about how David, David uh, is an illustration of grace. Why? Because David needed grace. David committed adultery. David murdered people. He needed the grace of God. So he's illustrating how God does not impute your, your sins unto you. That's the grace of God. But then he talks about how Abraham, he, he uses Abraham as an illustration of faith. Why? Because Abraham needed faith. Abraham and Sarah, they were, he was nearly 100. Sarah was in her 90s. They needed a child, but, or they were promised a child, but their bodies were well past the ability of producing children. So Abraham needed faith. Can you see that? And in chapter 4, Paul, he reveals two foundational truths about faith. First of all, he says this, uh, that righteousness, it comes through faith. Righteousness has been credited, cha-ching, to you. <laughs> like when you've had money credited to your account, cha-ching. Look at this, in Romans 4, 2 and 3, if in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed, say believed. Abraham believed God, and it was credited, cha-ching, unto him as righteousness. Righteousness is not through works, it's through faith, this thing called faith. Now, the word credited, it is the, the Greek word logizomai. How do you say that, Miss Hebrew here? Logizomai, logizomai. And it, that, what it means, it's an accounting term. For all you accountants, I have, I have an accounting background. You know, they hold it against me. You've got, got your calculators, every accountant, they're holding the calculator in the back pocket. You know, but this is an accounting term. It means to reckon, to impute, to account, to count, to credit, to ching. If I, if I said, I'm just going to bless you with $1,000. Ah, you, you just, I'm, I'm just going to bless you with $1,000. I'm going to do a bank transfer into your bank account. That, that $1,000 would be credited to your bank account. Amen? Credited. Cha ching You start to see $1,000 in your bank account. And, and that's what this righteousness is. God credits it, ching, into your account. Amen? Now, every single human being on this world will one day stand before God, and they'll have to give an account to God. And, and, and God will look at them and see what is in their account. Is it their own self-righteousness, or is it the righteousness of Christ? And when they have the righteousness of Christ in their account... Well done, good and faithful servant. Come in. But if they don't have this righteousness of Christ in their account, and it's just their own righteousness, that's not going to cut it. So this righteousness, it doesn't come through your works, your behavior. I'm not speaking against those things, but it comes as a gift. So it can be by grace through faith. But what you need is this righteousness of Christ. Amen? not your own righteousness. And secondly, it says faith is how we access what God's grace supplies. It says in Romans 4.13, it was not through the law Abraham received the promise, he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes through faith. Not through your own efforts, not through your own works. 
Therefore, in verse 16, the promise comes by faith, so it may be by grace. You know, so many churches today are still preaching a righteousness that comes through your own works, a righteousness that comes through your obedience, that, that, uh, where it's your good works and, and your obedience is what produces this righteousness in your life. Well, that's the Old Testament. That, that's the Old Testament law. It's, that's not the way under the New Testament of grace. Under the law of the Old Testament, you need, uh, uh, obedience was the, the root. You needed to be obedient in order to be blessed and to be declared righteous. Under the law of the Old Testament, you needed to be obedient so that you could have this righteous position and be blessed with these possessions. That's the Old Testament law. But in the New Testament, under grace, your position starts with being in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God. You are possessed with these blessings. So in the New Testament of grace, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Obedience is the fruit. Can you see the difference? Under the old law, obedience comes first. And if you're obedient to all the law, you're blessed and you're righteous. Under grace, you're declared righteous in Christ Jesus. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And then the fruit is obedience. Your obedience is out of that identity of who you are in Christ. You understand that? And in chapter 4, Paul illustrates faith using Abraham, doesn't he? As a man that is 100 years old, he's got to believe God that he and his wife Sarah can have the promised child. But the Bible says that Abraham was fully he, 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 just, he was well, fully persuaded that God was able to do what he said he would do. And, and friends, whatever might be dead and buried in your life, Abraham and Sarah, they were dead and buried when it came to having children. What's dead and buried in your life? Just be fully persuaded. Go to uh, Romans chapter 4. Look at the life of Abraham. And, and, and just be encouraged by Abraham. Whatever is dead and buried in your life, God is more than able. Amen. Just be fully persuaded in the ability of God. Don't look to the physical situations. Don't look to the circumstance. Don't look to what's dead in your life or buried. Look to God. He is more than able. Amen? Amen? And then we get to chapter 5 where Paul starts to reveal this victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 17. What does it say? I quoted it earlier on to you. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one. That's talking about Adam. That's how sin came into the world. Through Adam. You are not a sinner... Because you sin. You're a sinner because of Adam. When you were conceived, <laughs> that's when you became a sinner. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're born with this sin. It's not even your fault. It's because of Adam. Now just listen. Hold, hold that thought. I'll come back to it. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Christ Jesus. That reigning there is that Greek word basileo means to rule, to live in victory. Now, now, listen, now look at this. Um, look what it says. It says this gift of righteousness. Why is righteousness a gift? Well, first of all, it's so it can be by grace. Amen? But there's another reason. It's a gift. It's, it's credited to your account because you, 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 you did nothing to be declared a sinner. You were just born into this world. Even before you did anything, you are declared a sinner. Why? Because of Adam. Because of one man, the whole world are declared sinners. It would be unjust. 
It would be completely unjust of God to therefore cause or require every single person to now start establishing a righteousness through their own efforts and their own works. But God is not unjust. God is gracious. And that's why it's through righteousness comes through this one man, Christ Jesus. He's the only man that could actually do it. He's the only man that could live perfectly, the only man that could fulfill the law. And so it is finished. Amen? That's why it's a gift of righteousness. It's the gift of righteousness. Amen? Let's go to chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8. Now Paul gets into this victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Victory over sin, victory over the law, victory over flesh. You know, in Scripture, it talks about seven characteristics of your identity, your identity in Christ. It says that you were crucified with Christ. It says that you were, um, you, you're, you're dead to Christ. It says that you're buried with Christ. It says that you are made alive with Christ. It says that you are raised with Christ. It says that you are now seated in the heavenlies with Christ. And it says that you are now reigning with Christ. Now, see the first three? Those first three talk all about your old man. Your old man, that's the old you, who you were before you were born again. Your old man, the old you, has been crucified with Christ. The old you has died with Christ. The old you has been buried with Christ. But the new you, the new man, this is who you are now. Your new identity, you are made alive in Christ. You are raised with Christ. You're now seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. You're now reigning with Christ Jesus. God wants you to be living out of your new identity. God wants you to be living out of the new man. He doesn't want you to go back to the old man. Don't go back to the old man. The old man is crucified. The old man is dead and buried. Live out of the new man. The new man has been made alive in Christ. He's been raised with Christ. The new man is seated with Christ in the heavenly, the, the new man is reigning with Christ. Can someone say amen? So crucified, dead and buried, that's the old man. That's the old man. Made alive, raised, seated, reigning with Christ. That's the new man. That's your new identity. That's who you are in Christ Jesus. Your heavenly father wants you to know that. So many people don't even know this. They don't even know. Do you know righteousness, it changes absolutely everything. Did I frighten someone? <laughs> oh, Corinne. She died. We raised her back to life again. <laughs> Do you know righteousness changes everything? Those watching me online right now, righteousness changes everything about you. It changes who you are. It changes how you think about yourself. It changes how you see yourself. Righteousness changes everything. It changes how you relate to other people. Husbands and wives, when you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ, it's going to change how you start dealing with one another. It's going to change how you start relating, change how you start speaking. It's going to change how you start seeing one another. Don't be seeing your husband and wife as the old man that is crucified, dead, and buried. See them as who they are in Christ. They're made alive. They're raised. They're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. They're now reigning with Christ. Can someone say amen? You're no longer living out of the old man. You see, the old man is the natural fleshy man. It's your flesh. That's, that's the flesh and all the... It's, Feelings and all the old man is all those old belief systems. The old man is all those old mindsets. The old man is how you used to think, how you used to live, how you used to talk, how you used to act, how you used to do everything before you became born again. That man is now dead and buried. That man has been crucified with Christ Jesus. That's what water baptism illustrates. When you go under the water, you're being crucified with Christ. You're being dead and buried with Christ. That's the old man, the old you. As you come out of the water, you're now baptized and you're coming out, you've been made alive. You've been raised. You're seated with Christ and reigning now with Christ, reigning with Christ. God wants you to live out of the new man. 
Your new man, your new identity. This new identity is who you are in Christ Jesus. It's your righteousness in Christ Jesus. But if you do not know your identity in Christ, if you do not know who you are in Christ, you will continue to live out of the old identity. Yes, you're born again. You're on your way to an eternity with God. But you don't know anything about your new identity. All you know is this old identity. How you were, how you did. And, hey, that's why you must. That's why the preaching, preaching must be on the identity of who you are in Christ. We, we don't want to waste your time and the pulpit's time and God's time by talking about all these different types of issues and things and all that, no, and social issues. No, no, no. You need to know who you are in Christ so you can begin to live victoriously, so you can live out of your righteous position, so you can, can see the manifestation of all the possessions that belong to you in Christ Jesus manifesting in your life. Amen. And the reason why you might not yet know who you are in Christ is because of an unrenewed mind. This is why Romans 12 2 talks about renew your mind to the word of God. Be transformed. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't be conformed to the old man that's now crucified, dead, and buried. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you understand who you are in Christ. Who am I in Christ? I've been made alive in Christ. I've been raised with Christ. I'm seated with Christ. I'm reigning with Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Corinne. So what does Paul then do? He then goes into chapter 8, and he starts teaching. And he gives this brilliant illustration, how you actually live out of the new man, how you do it. And it's, 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 you see, if, if I close the message now and just told you, that, that would be, that, that, that's, that's what you call poor, poor quality preaching. Just telling you something, but not illustrating how you do it. No poor quality preaching in this place. <laughs> because we've got Reverend Mike in the front row. In Romans 8, Romans 8, um, verse 1, it says, we can get rid of this. In Romans 8, verse 1, it says, I've got it down here. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, for those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Condemnation means judgment. Condemnation means punishment. There is now therefore no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why does Jesus... Or God no longer judge you or punish you. Why? Because he punished all your sin in the body of Christ, on the body of Christ. That's what Joseph Prince was talking about. You know the law of double jeopardy? In, in the Latin, it's non bis in idem. The law of double jeopardy means you cannot um, prosecute the same crime twice. That exists in all Western legal systems around the world today. And if Jesus, if, if, if Jesus was judged by God on the cross for all of your sin, all your sin, and then as some people preach, oh, well, if you sin, you're gonna, you can lose your righteous standing before God. You, can, you, you could lose it all, and therefore you're going to be judged by God. Hang on a sec. Jesus was already judged for that sin. That means he's judging it twice. Can you see how unjust God would be to first of all judge your sin in the body of Jesus and then judge sin, judge you for your sin? That's so unfair to Jesus. Why did God make Jesus go to the cross and bear all of humanity's sin and then he's going to judge this person because they, they, they received Christ but then they sinned a few times and did this and did that. Oh, and, but some preachers say you've lost your salvation or you're going to lose your righteousness. Oh, you better confess all that. You better, you, you better repent. You better do all these things to get yourself right with God. That, that is now saying what Jesus did for you upon the cross, just wipe it out because it's all now dependent upon you. 
It's all dependent upon you to recognize that was sin. It's all dependent upon you to get your life sorted out. It's all dependent upon you to repent. It's all dependent upon you to confess those sins. It's all dependent upon you to do all these things. No, it's what Jesus, it's all dependent upon Jesus. Can you see how so much preaching, it is so illogical, but those who are preaching, they don't even realize how illogical it is because they have no revelation of the gospel. But in this church, you have the revelation of the gospel, amen? I'm going to close with an illustration. Mingy and Mike, why don't you come out? Here we go. Get your jackets off. No. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it says in Romans 8, 1, for those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. We're going to close with this. Now, as you can see, do you know you're a... I'll go to the next screen, thanks. Do you know how you are a spirit, soul, and a body? You are a spirit... You live in a body and you have a soul. The soul is commonly misunderstood. The soul is your mind, your intellect, your belief systems, your feelings and your emotions. So this person here is obviously Mingi. <laughs> I am Mingi's soul. You're very smart, Mingi. And you have a mighty strong spirit. Amen. Now, which, which one of the three is righteous? The spirit. Because when you were born again, you receive a recreated spirit. You receive the spirit of Christ. So say, hi, Jesus. <laughs> Your spirit is the spirit of Christ. You have the spirit of Christ on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. So that's what is born again. That's what is righteous. That's what is perfect, holy, and blameless. Ephesians goes all, it tells you all about this is who you are in Christ Jesus. But when you were born again, nothing happened in the body or the flesh, did it? And even when it came to your mind and your belief systems, nothing happened here. Now, when Jesus comes, and if we're still alive when the second coming, we're going to meet him in the clouds, this body is going to be transformed into a glorious new body. But what God wants you to do now is start to renew this part of you to the Word of God. This part of me is my mind and what the Bible calls the heart, the cardia, your belief systems. And this part, it can only be transformed not through your behavior, not through your efforts, not by looking at Jesus and thinking, okay, I'm going to take a few notes. This is what Jesus is. Okay, I'm going to see if I can replicate that. No, don't try to transform yourself. It'll be a very poor version of you. 1,500 years of the law, Israel, who were very zealous for God, still couldn't do it. If Israel couldn't do it after 1,500 years, why do you think you can? You can't. So don't try to transform yourself and start trying to change your own behavior through your own efforts. No, no. You start transforming your belief systems and your mind to the Word of God, and the Word of God begins to transform you from the inside out. You begin to start beholding Jesus. Amen? It says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Way, behold, all things have become new. To live out of the new man, you have to start beholding that new person. You can't be beholding this person. You can't be constantly focusing on the natural you, the old, that, and, and you can't be beholding that person and try to be living for Jesus. Now, when you start beholding this person and you're trying to live for Jesus, that's called the flesh, that's called the law, that's called religion. You've got to actually start beholding the new man in Christ 
who you are in Christ. You've got to, and better still, behold Jesus. As you behold Jesus, we spent six weeks studying Jesus, your high priest. We're beholding Jesus. As you begin to behold Jesus, you, he will, it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, as you simply behold the glory of Jesus, the, and you'll be transformed into his likeness by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who the Lord has given you, he's put on the inside of you. His role is to begin to transform you into the image of Christ. Amen? Now, what is the key? What's the key that determines whether I go here or whether I go there? It's your mind. Say mind. mind. Your mind. Your mind. Look what Romans 8, 5 and 6 says. Those who live in accordance with the flesh have their minds set upon the flesh. Can you see that? But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on the Spirit. Can you see that? Let me do it again. Those who live in accordance with the flesh have their minds set on the flesh. You see, if you're always focusing on your natural person, if you're always focusing on Oh, what's that? Uh, or you're always focusing on sickness, or you're always focusing on lack. You're always focusing on all these different types of things. You're always focusing on, oh, I'm always making mistakes. If you're always focusing on everything to do with this person, the natural person, your natural circumstances, that you're going to start living out of that. that that's what's just going to manifest in your life. What God wants you to do is not to be focusing on the old man. This is the old you, crucified, dead, and buried. Crucified, dead, and buried. He wants you to focus on the new you. You've received a new recreated spirit. It's been made alive in Christ, raised with Christ, seated with Christ, and reigning with Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. But look at this. It goes on to say in verse 6, The mind governed by the flesh is death. It will only produce deadness in your life. When you try to, to live right for God even, but you try to do it through your own strength, through the flesh, it will only produce deadness in your life. Deadness. There'll be frustration. You'll, you just won't have this joy. You won't have this peace. But the mind that is governed by the Spirit, what does it say? Life and peace. You'll see the life of God flowing through. You'll have the peace of God. You'll have the joy of God. What is the Spirit? The Spirit is the Word of God. The Spirit is beholding Christ. Amen. The Spirit part is this new man in Christ Jesus. The Spirit is understanding what your new identity is in Christ Jesus. The Spirit is the Jesus himself. It's the Word of God. That's the only way you'll begin to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Corinne. You know, when God looks at you, or when God looks at Mingi, which one does he look at? That's what he's looking at. He's not looking at this. When you look at yourself, you look at that. You look at yourself in the mirror, that's what you're looking at. You're always spending all your time in the mirror. You're always making yourself and you know, dapping on all that makeup and making, and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, the, the, the older we get, the more we need, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but, but when you look at yourself in the mirror, that's what you're looking at. But God wants you to look yourself through a different mirror. It's the mirror of his word which will reveal this person here. Can you see that? That's who God wants you to see. That's why you need to spend time understanding who I am in Christ Jesus. Amen? You know, when a setback comes into your life, you've been believing for certain things to happen, but they just didn't happen. What do a lot of Christians do? They look to the flesh, they get all discouraged and depressed and downcast and despondent. 
and they, 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 or, or maybe they try to start working harder and harder in the flesh. Oh, I'm going to work two jobs. I'm going to work, I'm going to work back. They, they, but they try to deal with it in the flesh. It's only going to produce deadness. What does God want you to do? He wants you to turn to the Spirit. He wants you to see uh, who you are in Christ Jesus. He wants you to see in Romans 8, 28, hey, God works in all things. He makes all things good for you. He can turn all things around for your good and for his glory. Amen. See, when you go to the Word of God, you start, you're turning, you're always going to the Spirit. When you begin to, um, you know, focus on the Word of God. What about when you start to, you've got these physical symptoms, you've got sickness, you've got a bit of a sniffly nose, or you've got this, or you've got that. What do so many people do? They, they turn to the flesh, and they go, oh, they're focused on... You see, if you want to receive your healing, you can't be focusing on the physical symptoms. You can't be focusing on the natural. You can't be focusing on the flesh. What you have to do is focus on the Spirit. What does the Word of God say? By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. You, you, the, the Spirit is turning to what God says about you. It's turning to what God declares about you. But when you just go to your natural man and focus on the natural man, you've got your back turned to the Spirit. So what do you have to do? Do you know what the word repent is? This is what the word repent means. Oh, you know, I can do a... There we go. But that's, that's what repent is. Repent is this. Repent is turning. Repent means to change your mind. Get, okay, get your mind off your flesh. Get your mind off the natural. Get your mind off that and get your mind onto the spirit. The spirit man, and you do that by just turning your attention to the word of God. When there's lack... What does the Bible say? Uh, my God shall supply all my need. But so often we're looking at our empty bank accounts. We're looking at our own abilities. Oh, I'm never going to have enough because I just don't earn enough. Or for me to be able to earn and be blessed, I'm going to, have to do, I'm going to have to have five jobs. See, you're always looking at it in the natural. What God wants you to do is turn to the Spirit. And turning to the Spirit means, okay, what does God say about this? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, my God shall supply all my need. He says in Psalm 23 verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. You know what I'm saying? You're turning your eyes off. Turn your back to that person and turn yourself to the Spirit. Amen? You know, when there is temptation and you're dealing with wrong desires and wrong thoughts, if you're always looking to the flesh, when you're dealing with temptation, you're dealing with wrong thoughts, if you're always looking to the flesh and you're trying to deal with it through your own effort, that is called religion. That is called the law. What you need to do, because you're trying to fix yourself up, what you've got to do is turn to the Word of God. Start beholding Jesus. Start getting the Word of God into you. Because as you start dwelling upon the Word of God, as you start meditating upon the Word of God, as you get the Word, it will do it for you. This has been Pastor Mary and my experience. We're not, talking, we're not sharing something from a book. This is experience. The Word of God will do it for you. The Word of God will begin to dissolve all those wrong desires. You know, praying in the Spirit will dissolve all those wrong desires and all those temptations. Amen? You know, if you're a connect group leader... You know, you're out there, maybe you're watching online. If you're a connect group leader, don't lead your people to this person here. Yeah, you might have had, some, you might have had a bit of a difficult year. Your connect members might have had a bit of a difficult year. They, they might, oh, the pandemic, the lockdowns and everything, they might have had a difficult year. Don't lead out of this person. It's the flesh. It will only produce deadness in their life. You lead out of this person. Yeah, understand, show empathy, Compassion and all that, but okay, let's turn our eyes back onto Jesus. Let's turn our eyes onto the Word of God. Yeah, that, that's, that's what the role of a leader is, my friends. Well, in this church anyway. 
you must lead out of this person, out of this part of who you are. And sometimes you will not always feel it. Sometimes you're going to be feeling miserable. You're going to be feeling just flat out down and discouraged. But listen, as a leader, pick yourself up and turn to the Spirit. Understand who you are. Don't live out of your emotions and your feelings that are coming from this person here. Go to the Spirit. Start praying in the Spirit. Start meditating on, hey, this is my new man. The old man's crucified, dead, and buried. I'm this new creation in Christ Jesus. I've been raised with Christ. My goodness. I'm now seated with Christ. I'm reigning with Christ. I'm telling you this. When you just start meditating upon the word of God and your identity, just after a few moments, just for several minutes, it's going to lift you up. You're going to feel this joy. You're going to feel this peace. You're going to feel the life of God rising up on the inside of you. You know, when it comes to your old thoughts and negative mindsets and all that, you can diagnose yourself, my friend. You know whether you're going to this person. You know when you're going to that person, don't you? So when you catch yourself going to that person, pick it up there and then. Train yourself, no, I'm going to the Spirit. And that's just beholding Christ and, and understanding who you are in Christ Jesus. If you, yeah, you're a believer, you're saved. You're going to spend eternity in heaven. But if you're spending all your time focusing on this person, you will never live in victory. Let me just say it as bluntly as that. Why? Because your back is to the Spirit. You're focusing on this. And, the, and the, when you're governed by this, it will produce deadness in your life. You've got to turn. And, and listen, this is why the, the kids can understand this. You all can understand it. you just got to do it. This is called doing the word. Doing the word is this. That's called doing the word. Doing the word is not identifying everything that is wrong with you and then trying to fix yourself up. That's not doing the word. Doing the word is turning to the Spirit, turning to the Word of God, and you let the Word begin to transform you. You let the Holy Spirit begin to transform you because you're beholding who you are in Christ. You know your new nature in Christ Jesus, amen? Looking to the Spirit is beholding Christ. It's looking to the Word of God. It's understanding your new identity, the new man in Christ Jesus. As you behold Christ, you'll be transformed into His image. As you behold Christ, you'll begin to draw upon His Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit will become effortlessly produced in your life. It's not about you. Oh, I need to be more peaceful. I need to be more joyful. I need to be more patient. I need to be more gentle. I need to be more kind. I need more self-control. I need more of this. I need more of that. That is so exhausting. I tried to do that for 25 years, and I couldn't do it. And I was set free. The pastor was set free through receiving this revelation of grace. The Holy Spirit does it for me as I just dwell upon who I am in Christ Jesus. The more beholding I do, the more fruit is produced. I begin to love my wife. I'm kind to my wife. I'm patient with my wife. She's patient with me. She's patient with me. She's kind to me. But, but the fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's, it's produced by the Spirit. And you're not going to produce this fruit by the Spirit by always dwelling on this. You've got to turn to this person. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, when wrong thoughts... You know, sometimes I, I can be walking down the road and a wrong thought comes, a terrible thought. I'm thinking, where did that come from? Well, many times it comes from that guy. But if I've been dwelling and just meditating and dwelling on wrong things, it's going to come from within. So the wrong thoughts can come from within if you're always dwelling upon this. But there are times when it comes from on the outside. And I tell you what, you've got to deal with those thoughts immediately, especially if it's a thought that's going to lead you down the path of destruction. You're going to do something that you're going to feel sorry for. You know what I'm saying? You have the ability to do that. You have the ability to, to either dwell upon that wrong thought 
or take it captive in the spirit. No, I'm going to cut it off in Jesus. I'm going to demolish that thought in Jesus' mighty name. Now, when you train yourself to do that, when you, when you become more aware of these wrong thoughts and you, and you start stopping yourself, guess what? Over a period of time, it will become effortless. At the beginning, it, it, it might be like a bit of a struggle. And you might think, oh, this is just too hard. No, pursue and persist. Just pursue. You'll see. You'll see. You're, you're transitioning from living out of this person to you're now living out of the Spirit. You're understanding who you are in Christ Jesus. You're understanding you're this new nature. You've got this new nature, the new man. Amen? Hey, give these two guys a big hand. Thank you, guys. I want to close with one last scripture. This is James 1.22. Look what it says. My table's gone. Come on. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What I've just illustrated, that is the doing. Religion will tell you there's a different kind of doing where you look at the scriptures and you start to make these big lists of all your weaknesses. Oh, I've got to start working on these strengths. I've got to, I mean, I've got to start working on these weaknesses. Oh, I'm weak in these areas. I've got to start doing this. I've got to start doing that. That is not being a doer of the word, my friend. Being a doer is beholding Christ. It's a righteousness by faith. Understanding who you are in Christ. I'm now made alive in Christ. This new man, I'm made alive in Christ. I'm raised with Christ. I'm seated with Christ. I'm reigning with Christ. The old man is crucified. The old man is dead and buried. Amen? Just having that knowledge is being a doer of the word. Knowing that your righteousness comes through faith and not your own works is a doer of the word. Amen? And he goes on to say, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after himself, he just forgets himself and goes away. You see, you, you, if, if, you, if you're spending, you know, you, you can go into the Word of God and, and see who you are, but you're just having a quick little glimpse, and then you turn away, and then in not too long, you've forgotten all about who you are. That's what it's talking about. You know, sometimes you can look at yourself in a natural mirror and do everything, get everything right, and think, oh, did I do that right? And you, you see, you've got to spend some time looking into that mirror. Understand what I'm saying? It cannot be a casual glance. You've really got to get an understanding who I am in Christ. Because when you know your identity in Christ, when you know and you begin to behold Christ and you know who you are, listen, you will never, you'll never forget who you are. You, you, won't, you, you won't hear about a message during the week and then suddenly something happens on Wednesday and you're just going back to the natural person. That's what this scripture is talking about. You've forgotten, you've heard a message on Sunday about who you are in Christ. You turn away from that guy and turn to this person, but then on Wednesday, you're back to doing the old things again. That's being a forgetful hearer. Don't be forgetful. So we're not going to preach this message just once. We'll preach it over and over. I've got it scheduled. We'll probably preach it a couple more times next year. So we just build it into you, Amen. Any, any, any more of this scripture? Or is that it? Is that the end? Thank you. So the word is the mirror of God. That's the mirror that God wants you looking in. Amen? And the more you're looking into that word, you'll start beholding who you are in Christ. You'll start identifying who you are in Christ. You'll start seeing who you are in Christ. You'll know who this new man is. Amen? Let me pray for you. Lord God, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that it's not dependent upon me. You're the real teacher. 
Lord, I just preached your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You can now take hold of that word. And even in my weaknesses and my shortfalls and my inabilities, you can take that word and just powerfully bring revelation to people's hearts. And that's what I ask for, Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to point people to you. You're the one we want to behold. Oh, Lord, as a pastor, my, my deepest prayer is that every single person in our church, every person seated here, people watching online, they will know who they are in Christ. They'll know the preciousness of Christ, the power of Christ, the good news about Christ. They received the gift of his righteousness. They received this precious Holy Spirit. They can now live victoriously because they are the righteousness of God in Christ. I pray, Lord God, that this illustration that we did become so potent, they'll never forget it. And they'll learn how to pick themselves up. They'll learn how to pick up wrong thinking and dwelling on wrong thoughts. And when those, those thoughts of the enemy come, when those thoughts of the flesh come, Lord, they won't dwell on those thoughts, which will take them down the wrong path, take them down paths of addiction, take them down paths of destruction, take them down paths of divorce. Lord, they won't go down those paths. They'll go down paths of righteousness, paths of life, paths of blessed marriages, paths of blessed families, paths of blessed careers, Lord God, paths of the wisdom of God, the health of God, the peace of God, the joy of God. Oh, Lord God, the fruit of the Spirit is just, just, just flowing out of people's lives because they're simply turning to the Spirit. They understand who they are in Christ Jesus and the power of the gospel is going to work in their life in the mighty name of Jesus. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for one more moment. I just want to pray a prayer that actually invites Christ into your life. You know, the Bible says, I, 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 when I receive Christ, I am born again. My spirit part is born again. I receive a brand new spirit. The old man is gone and the new man comes. And this new man is now a man or a woman that's living in Christ Jesus. And it's not about what I have to try to do. It's just simply believing upon what Jesus has done for me. It says those who believe upon Jesus. Amen. Faith is believing. It's by grace and it's through faith. It's by grace. It's through the goodness and the kindness of God. And it's through faith. You just simply believe it. It's not through your works. It's not through your efforts. It's not through your doing. You just believe. And you just receive this gift of salvation that comes through Jesus. Why don't everybody just be upstanding? I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you're online right now, why don't you pray this prayer from your heart. If you want to receive Christ, anyone that's in this meeting right now, I won't embarrass you or anything, but I do want you to just to pray this prayer from your heart. Amen? Repeat after me. I'll get everyone to repeat after me. Dear Lord God, I thank you for Jesus. And what he did for me on the cross. He took upon himself all my sin. And he gave to me all his righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness that comes through your blood. Thank you for your eternal righteousness. And forevermore, I'm a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Hong Kong podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message and look forward to having you enjoy us next time. 
God bless.